Hey everyone, and welcome to the WCI 3-in-1 podcast. We are calling this one the Little Brother Beatdown. That's a little play on what Milo Eifler had said heading into this week. He called Northwestern their little brother. He said he hated the color purple, and and Northwestern's head coach uh, did not take very kindly to it. Uh, He did not like it at all. But we um, will be joined uh, right now by WCI 3's Andy Olson, who was on his first road trip um, to Evanston. Andy, probably not the way you expected it to go, but uh, what can you just tell us? What are maybe just some of your your takeaways from from this loss here on the road? Was sunshine too much to ask for? Like, I, I don't know. It's it's a little <laughs> cold out if you can't tell right now. I'm all bundled up and that stayed that way throughout the game and that became, you know, one of the the main uh, parts of the game, one of the the key, you know, dimensions of the game was the weather factor. I mean, you you come into the game and you're prepared for a real grinded out, you know, running game where it's not a lot of scoring, not a lot of passing, and that's kind of what we got except for that on Illinois side the defense didn't show up as much as Northwestern's did. And now that's in part because of some COVID-19 protocol issues, some injury issues. Uh, those are, they had some you know younger guys step into those roles that they're not used to filling in these types of games. And I think that showed out onto the field 28 to 10. Um, it didn't feel that close when I was out here, uh, out here shooting the game. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, you hope coming into this game, like I was saying, I had a feeling coming into this game before, you know, we learned about all the players that were going to be out that Illinois would hang with them. And that just didn't happen. You know, you wonder where that starts and I'm sure we're going to break down, you know, where that may stem from. But um, overall, I'm sure it was a disappointing game to watch. It was uh, definitely a disappointing feeling around the team afterwards. I mean, you get to see uh, your just pure rivals lift that trophy once again over you. I mean, for six years in a row, I was here the last time Illinois had beaten Northwestern in this rivalry game. And I was a junior in high school. It's been a while. So Marley, it's, it's definitely, I feels like a disappointing day for the team. And this could have been a step in the right direction for him if it had gone a different way. Yeah, Andy, and, and the biggest thing, like you mentioned, of course, is that Illinois was missing so many players here in this 28-10 to 10 loss. I think maybe they could have hung with them if they did have some of those players from their secondary. Tony Adams uh, was missing after he tested positive for COVID-19. We aren't sure if, if that was today before the game or if that was just when they, they had announced it. Um, and then Nate Hobbs also out for contact tracing. But six defensive starters out in total, um, in this one, uh, whether it be injuries, uh, Nate Hobbs was the only one they said that was out for contact tracing. But Andy, w- did that seem clear? Did it, I mean, to me, watching on TV, I'm like, okay, this is a, a team that is to the bottom of the barrel right now. They are just trying to 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 stay in it. What are, what are your thoughts? Hey, it was very much clear. I mean, there was, you know, that first drive that Northwestern had. I, I guess I should, should say second drive because the first drive is when the defense was able to, to pull that turnover. So Northwestern's second drive where they went three and out and there was a, a nice tip by a, a linebacker that's not a usual starter. And you, you got the feeling that, hey, maybe they can hang with Northwestern. But then Northwestern reminded people why they're number 14 in the nation and why they're going to the Big Ten championship game with just a, a – 
incredible rushing attack that Illinois really had no answers for. I mean, Porter just had his way, it seemed like, with the line. And then when you brought Hall in as your backup, he was able to do the exact same thing. They both had over 100 yards rushing today. And Lovey Smith, I mean, he talked about that in his post-game press conference, not being able to stop the run. And that was a huge part of why Northwestern was able to distance themselves from Illinois today because they didn't have a very good day passing either. Ramsey wasn't great over there. I believe he was something like 7 for 12. Illinois, on the other hand, was 7 for 22 passing. So, not a great day for passing. You could possibly blame that on the weather, I feel like. But on the ground is is where it mattered in this game. And Northwestern was just able to dominate the Illinois defense like Illinois wasn't to do wasn't able to do to them. And, and Lovey Smith addressed some of those depth issues that that they had today. Um, we'll hear what he had to say just about missing so many guys. And and he did admit, you know, it it is tough. And this is what he had to say uh, today after the loss. You know, you don't want to make excuses, but that's just so many guys. You can only go so deep and you start seeing it. Uh, you can start giving up big plays. Uh, it affected us an awful lot today. Uh, nobody wants to hear that, but that's reality. And um, that's where we are. And, and he said, you, you can only go so deep. And, and with that, I, I completely agree. I think you reach a point in the depth chart where you're starting to pull from walk-ons which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's it's a great opportunity for just some of these guys to to get a chance but at, at what point can you actually win a game when you're playing with you know this many walk-ons uh on the field and, and andy i want to go back to the weather a little bit because this was definitely a run the ball <laughs> kind of forecast and uh i was surprised that they didn't throw isaiah williams in there earlier. I think he's proven himself to be a good spark for the team. He did it um, against Iowa last week, but it was just too late. And I think that was the same case this week. Just give him the keys uh, a little bit earlier and and see what happens because this game, this weather, I think was was set up perfectly for him to succeed. What do you think, Andy? Well, you talk about Isaiah Williams being the, the more running quarterback of the two, and he's the one who had the passing touchdown on the day. Actually, the only <laughs> touchdown that, that right. Illinois had, so it was kind of a, a changing of fates there, but I, I think you're right. I don't know why they didn't go to Isaiah Williams a little bit earlier. I mean, we all go back to that game against Rutgers when he was able to step into the starting quarterback role and really do well, and then we look at Nebraska when Brandon Peters had come back, and he had the best game of his college career in the, in the two games since. Brandon Peters has struggled, and in both of those games, they went to Isaiah Williams late in the game. Now, I know in the first half for a couple of drives, uh, Isaiah came in, but you have to wonder, you know, why didn't they go to that sooner? I know that Brandon had a tough day, 3 for 14 passing. You know, he eventually, before he was 3 for 14, he was 3 for 10. He was 3 for 11, 3 for 12. He didn't, I don't right. know why he didn't click with the coaches to maybe try something new at that point. Um, so it's a very interesting decision to me why you don't make that. And maybe it's because, you know, Brandon's your captain, and I understand that the team uh, loves him, respects him, and that's that's great. But at, at some point, you had to realize that passing the ball was not going to be the way to win this game. And, and part of that was a lot of dropped passes by the Illinois wide receivers and tight ends. You know, he they were not giving Brandon Peters any help today. Uh, but like you have mentioned, Molly, at some point they needed to go to Isaiah, I think, a little bit earlier. Um, and this game may have been a little bit closer. I don't know if Illinois would have won the game, but I definitely think it could have been because we saw in that drive to end the game, Isaiah had him moving at least to midfield. If he had more time or if he had come in earlier, you have to wonder if maybe, like I said, it could have been closer. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of sitting there almost thinking like, OK, what is Rod Smith 
thinking in the booth right now. Like, I, I get that maybe he wants to give Brandon a chance. You know, he is the, the starter. But, uh, like, how, how long can you go uh, to make that happen? But another thing that really stood out to me, Andy, was um, the third down conversions, the fourth down conversions, just for, for either team. So Illinois was 3 for 12 on third downs, uh, Northwestern 6 for 15. But Northwestern was able to convert on five of seven fourth down opportunities. And Andy, for me, I think that made a big difference in this game. And you know what? Those numbers are definitely inflated because of the weather that we had. We've already talked about it. The weather was not good. We can only say it so many times, but there were multiple opportunities where Northwestern had kind of stalled out in that, that middle of Illinois territory and didn't necessarily, um, they weren't necessarily within range with the wind blowing into their face. So they were close enough though, to that fourth down marker to go for it. And they got it. Like you said, five of seven times. The issue was what Illinois ran into was that they weren't getting those kinds of yards on first and second down to get close enough to convert on third down. And that starts with some of the play calling. I mean, that, that starts with, some of those mistakes that players are making, whether it's those drop balls or whether it's, you know, Peter's not able to find his guys, you know, it starts on first and second down being able to convert successfully on third down and Illinois dropped the ball on that entirely every time they dropped the ball on that um chase brown i think was the 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 lone star on the offense today being able to go for 75 yards uh he had a couple of really big runs was able to pick up chunks of yardage that illinois wasn't seeing from anyone else on the day so you know I, I, that's where it starts you know when you get behind the chains and you're third and long i mean you're talking third and seven third and six Sometimes you just don't have a play that'll that'll get that amount that, like you need to, like you do for a third and one or a third and two. And that's, I think, where it started going wrong for Illinois today. Yeah, and I, I don't know if that was a pun or if you literally meant like they dropped the ball today. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it, but it, you're right. That was a good pun. I'll give myself a pat on the back for that. They dropped the ball literally um, and figuratively but um chase brown we heard from him after the game um you know he had of course it was going to be um you know a, a run game type type of day um he had 70 yards obviously we've seen him do a little bit more but he was really open and honest in this post-game press conference he mentioned how there's a little bit of, of covid exhaustion among the team so i just want to play that for you real quick um he had some really great things to to say after the game it is tough, especially when we're going three and we're not helping the defense. And as you guys saw today, we're pretty depleted in that area. We're missing you know, seven, eight starters there. So um, we knew that we had to keep the defense off the field. Um, and I mean, when you go three for 12 on third down, that's, that's, that's horrendous. And as an offense, we need to be better. And I especially like when he admitted, you know, we have to keep the the defense off the field because they knew they were they were missing some guys they knew it was going to be a challenge but they just um like he said he couldn't convert there on those third downs so looking ahead andy i know they're illinois has a lot to improve on before they head into to big 10 champions week but where do you see this this team going because to me i think a lot of fans have have checked out but in order for this to be considered a successful season if that's even still in the running at this point, if we can even consider this this 
season successful, I think they really need to end the year on a win um, in in this next game and and compete and show um, just Illini Nation that that this is a team that maybe just got you know the raw end of the deal given everything that they went through with with injuries and and COVID. What do you think, Andy? I mean, you're 100 right. I mean, a win is absolutely necessary for this to be. Um, you know, a year that you can look back on and consider it successful. If you know what you and Robert have talked about on Sunday, no huddle is that if you take those non-conference games and you assume that they're wins, I mean, of course, that's not always going to be the case. Illinois, you know, would be sitting at five, five and five right now going into to Champions Week. And when you look back to last year when they finished six and six, got to a bowl game, you know, was last season successful? I think a lot of people would say so. It's the full first bowl game under Lovey Smith. Would they have considered, you know, another 500 season successful? I don't know. But unfortunately, you don't have those non-conference games this year. You are two and five going into Champions Week. Best you can do is three and five, and then hope that you know, a bunch of teams in front of you decide not to go to bowl games because I don't know if Illinois is going to be at the top of a lot of bowls list. Like we know this year, we've said it a hundred times, but there is no bowl eligibility during this COVID season. Anyone, you could, anyone could go. Oh, and six Northern Illinois can go to a bowl game if they get invited to one this year. <laughs> but three and five Illinois is not going to be very attractive, I feel like, to a lot of, of uh, bowl games and especially with more dropping out. So is a successful can you have a successful season without a bowl game? I don't think so. I think this was the the very last chance that Illinois had to make this season successful, and they dropped it. Of course, you can blame the weather. You can blame COVID. I mean, there are a lot of bad hands being dealt to Illinois this season, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't successful because you can only play with the hands in front of you, and they just didn't win with them. All right, Andy, I'll let you go in a minute here. I know it's cold and freezing and you had a long day in, in the rain, <laughs> but final thoughts on on just maybe just your, your first road game um, here with the, the WCIA 3 sports team. Northwestern fans on Twitter are brutal. I mean, <laughs> I, I was the one who had shared that clip of Milo Eifler talking about Northwestern, and I believe it's up to 28,000 views. I believe a hundred of the quote tweets are from Northwestern fans just ragging on the guy for what he said. While I was here, the PA guy was, wasn't pronouncing Milo's name right. He was calling him Milo Eifler, and the fans were calling him Milo from the stands. I heard fans jeering for when Milo or Milo Eifler was uh, out on the field. So they, they took that very personally, what Milo said. And I think the team <laughs> did as well. You mentioned that Pat Fitzgerald had mentioned it in his press conference, and it was bulletin board material. Jeremy and I talked about it in the pregame show. If there are bulletin boards still, that was on it. And it certainly was in Northwestern's case. Was that the difference in the game? No, I think Northwestern is a better team than Illinois and would have proved it no matter what. But when you add fuel to that fire, it's not going to go well for the guy that was coming into the game two and four against the number 14 team in the country. So, you know, Illinois wants to get back to that place where they can feel like the big brother to Northwestern. Of course they feel like that. I mean, you are the University of Illinois playing the other most prestigious university in the state of Illinois. Of course you want to feel like the big brother, but if the past six years have proven anything, as my light goes out, I'll wrap <laughs> up my thoughts now, Mar Marley. Uh, but get back to that point. You need to start winning games, and uh, they didn't prove that today. Andy, it was like, I'm not, pitch, pitch, go back and watch this because it was just, 
it's complete um, pitch black. <laughs> if you can't tell, Andy's outside of the stadium. Um, it's it's long after the game now, so so it's dark. But um, you definitely can't tell now that I got the phone um, light going. Is the phone light? Wait, let, let's go back to you quick. Um, uh, there's a little bit of. Uh, you know what? We, little that's bit. It. Can that's I, can that's, I get that's our sign. That's our sign to wrap it up. Andy, thanks so much. You can hear uh, Andy's full report coming tonight at six and ten, and uh, a big day for Illinois basketball as well as they are in Missouri right now, getting ready for the annual Bragg and Rights game. Sports director Brett Barons is down there covering that, and he'll be on here. Don't even leave Twitter. He'll be on here um, in just a little bit for the Your Line I Nation pregame show as we get ready for that but andy thanks again uh we'll do another wrap up like this uh after the basketball game so thanks for tuning in to the wci three and one podcast